0: Our Bible verse today comes from 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6 to 15. Remember this, whoever sows strangely will also reap strangely, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, but not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound to you. So that in all things that at all times, having all what you need, you will abound every good work. As it is written, he scattered aboard gifts to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now who supplies seed to the sower and bread... food will also supply increase your store of seed and enlarge your the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so you can be generous in occasion in every occasion. And though us and though us your generously you resolve in thanks thanksgiving to God, this service that you perform is not only studying the needs of God's people but also overflowing many especially the things to God but of the service by which um, has proved y- yourselves the men will praise God for confession gospel Christ and for your generously sharing with them and with everyone else and their prayers for the and their hearts will, go out with you because of this surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks thanks to God for his incredible gift.
1: Let's pray. Father, we've heard words of Scripture right from the beginning when we when we began with a welcome. We've sung Scripture to you, and now we've heard Scripture, Scripture that the gems have been reflecting on all year. And now we have an opportunity to as well. So, Lord, pray that your Spirit will will sink and settle your word deep into our hearts and minds and souls, especially this passage here this morning, that it may shape us and form us more and more into who you've created us to be. And I pray that the words which will now be spoken, may they be your words and not mine. I pray this in the name of Jesus, your Son and our Lord and Savior. Amen. this morning is one of those special services where things are just done a little bit different because we have the gems who are leading us and you had a you had a verse this this year that when i was told that my very first sunday was going to be to talk about being a blessing i thought wow that is such a special way to To begin my time here and to hear how you've been a blessing the whole year through and the things that you've learned as well. So I sat with your head counselor and we had lunch and she shared with me a lot about the things that you've done. And I learned so much about who you are but also about who Bethel is as a church as well. So here's your your verse and it's been up on the screen. It is right there right now. God's able to bless you abundantly. He's able to bless us so much so that in all things at all times having all that you need, you'll abound in every good work. So really what Paul is saying is that God blesses us so that we can be a blessing wherever he places us. Whatever we do. But what does it mean to be a blessing? I love the children's message that you ask that question. Because we don't use that word very often. How often at school do you say to a friend, I bless you? Do you use that word very often? Nah. Uh, how about parents? Do you tell your children, I, I bless you? In the Bible, they did quite, a, quite often. The parents would bless their, their children, but something we don't do very, very often today. It's not part of, of who we are so much. But to be a blessing, like you have said, is, is to give them a gift of kindness, to speak God into their life, to, to act in such a way that people are able to see who God is through you. Blessing someone is about our hearts, but it's also about how we live. It's about caring deeply about other people and being thankful to Jesus for for all that that he's done for us, for all that God has given us. For followers of Jesus, blessing others is part of who we are because that's what Jesus does. He came to be a blessing and he is a blessing. So some of the things I've learned is that You stained 230 crosses for Christmas. How clean were your hands afterwards? Yeah, did it take you more than one night? Okay. (laughs) And what I learned was that one of the grandfathers made the crosses for you. And you know, I can guarantee that the grandfather who made those crosses, that it was really special for him. So you were a blessing to the grandfather just by asking him to make the crosses. And then you helped serve at the Christmas dinner, right? At the memorial center on Christmas Day. And apparently you put them on all the tables. And then you let the people take them home afterwards as a gift. Why is a cross a gift for Christmas time? Exactly. Christmas Day points to the cross. Jesus became human, just like us. He was born just like us, so that he could live life, so that we can know him, and he can know what life is all about for us as well. And then he went to the cross. So the stable always leads to the cross where Jesus came to forgive our sins, to take our sins on himself so that God will forgive us. And then you guys made cookies, and you hand-delivered them to the seniors. And, and then you made cards, and you attached them to bags of poppycock. And I wasn't even sure what poppycock was. So I was really glad to hear that it was something like Cracker Jacks. Um, and, and as I heard all these things, I'm thinking, man, I want to be a senior. I want cookies and poppycock. It's, uh, but you know what? I bet you the seniors were so happy with those gifts and with those cards. And really that's what being a blessing is all about. It's, a, it's, about, it's about helping them to ex- other people to experience joy. And to help them know who Jesus is. That Jesus is a generous, kind, caring, compassionate God. And that's why he came. So that was really cool. So, but where, what were some of the other ways that you were a blessing this year? Can you think of other ways that maybe at home or at school or in the church you were a blessing? Any other ways? Making my gems counselor smile. Oh, cool. That is a really cool blessing. Making her gems counselor smile. Are there other ways? so when you were a blessing how did it make you feel when you were at the Christmas dinner when you were staying in the crosses when you were delivering the cookies and the poppycock how did that make you feel inside happy made you feel good how do you think it made Jesus feel I think it made Jesus feel happy as well. I think it brought a smile to Jesus' face because he saw you thinking about and caring about other people. That you said, it's not all about me, but it's about other people and helping them to experience a blessing, a kindness. And they got to see Jesus working in you and through you as well. Now, many of you have been on a farm and now the spring's here, the farmers are getting ready to plant seed. They're waiting eagerly for the, the ground to, to thaw and for uh, all the winter uh, melt to kind of come up from the field. And then they prepare the soil so that they can then seed the soil. Have any of you ever seen a, a farmer seed his field? Yeah, I'm guessing most of you have. You know, here, now, today, it's uh, they use tractors and, and seeders for it. But you know how they did it in the time when Paul's talking, how the farmers seeded the field then? The That's right. They would have a bag on their side, or they would have a big basket. And when I was a landscaper during university, I worked for a landscaper, and I had to seed lawns, and we would have this big basket, and then they... Uh, Owner, the boss would say, "Okay, now you take a handful, and you spread it like this." And he said, "Don't be skimpy. Don't be cheap." He says, "Because if you're cheap, there's going to be all sorts of patches, and there's where there's going to be no grass." Well, a farmer doesn't want a field that has crops here and no crops there, and then crops there. So that's why Paul says we have to seed generously. We have to be a blessing generously. Why do we have to be a blessing generously? Have you ever thought about that? Oh, I know. I ask all kinds of strange questions. I get you thinking maybe hopefully in kind of different ways sometimes. Well, Paul says, you know what? You need to be a blessing because if you're a blessing to somebody just once, they'll forget about it. They'll feel really good at that time, but they'll forget about it. And if you don't if you're not there again to be a blessing again, they'll think, uh, oh, maybe they don't really care about me. Maybe they're not really thinking about me a lot. So that's why I think it was really cool that twice you served the seniors. You said, Hey, let's make a card and a cookie and let's bring them poppycock as well. Because then you remembered them twice, and they got to see you twice. And then all the seniors say, hey, they really, they really do remember, and they really do care about us. And when we do that for people in the community, then they'll ask questions like, why are you doing this? Why do you care about me? And then you get to say, well, because Jesus cares about you. Jesus loves you. And you get to tell them all about who Jesus is as well. But if we only do something once, then people kind of go, oh, yeah, you're just doing it because you have to. But if we do it a second time, a third time, a fourth time, then people say, oh, you really do care about me. And that's kind of a cool thing. Sometimes we get scared about being generous, though. Why would we get scared about doing good works? Can you think of any ideas about why we might be scared? Okay. Okay, scared that they might not like it. That's a really good thought. I hadn't even thought of that one. Any others? Why might we be scared to be generous in being a blessing? Well, I I spoke to one young person one time and and they said, you know, we're just starting out in life. We're a young couple. We have, uh, we have a child, and, and we want to be a blessing, but, but if we're a blessing to others, will we have enough for ourselves? You know, there's a, a fear. Sometimes we get scared that, that if we help others out too much, we might not have enough for ourselves. And you know what? They actually brought up this verse. They actually said, but we have to trust that God, that God will bless us and give us enough so that we can actually be a blessing. And that was really cool when I read your verse. I says, yeah, you know what? They're completely right. And I've, I've had the pleasure of knowing a lot of people who barely have enough. But they've learned that if they're a blessing to other people, that other people will want to be a blessing back as well. They've learned that we live life together, that we don't do things by ourselves. That's why we call a church a church family. Because family sticks together. Family helps each other out. I grew up on, a, on my uncle's farms. They weren't my farms, they weren't my dad's farms, but we would always help out in the spring. What's the first thing that you pick in the spring? Yeah, where I come from, it's rocks too. We would get all the nieces and nephews and aunts and uncles, and we would all go out into the fields first thing in the spring, and we would pick rocks. But that's, that's, we did that all as a family because we cared. And then the kids in school, the grade, kids in grade 7 and 8, they would actually go out to the farms, and they would help as well. That was part of our schooling, part of learning that we are all in this together. We all help each other out, being a blessing. And that's something that a lot of other farmers in the area kind of went, how do you get these kids to do that? How do you get your family to help you out? And I remember one older gentleman saying, you have to tell them, that it's because we follow Jesus. Because we're here to help the other farmers have really good crops so that they can be really successful too. Whether they go to church or not, we're in it all together. And people still dream of that kind of a church. That's why the church in Acts 2, you know, captures people's attention Praising God, enjoying the favor of all the people. The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You know, this was a a church filled with people who experienced God's blessings and then who became a blessing to each other, just like the gems have been doing all year. Because it's about belonging, it's about meaning. If we go through life and we don't have a place to belong and and all we care about is ourselves, life becomes really lonely and really hard. Being a blessing gives us a purpose, a meaning in life. And it helps us to think not just of ourselves, but to remind ourselves that we belong to a church, we belong to a community, and that God has placed us here for a reason that Jesus is asking us to actually care deeply about all the people around us, whether they know Jesus or love him or not. And Jesus says, when you do that, Paul says, when you do that, people are going to say, wow, that's a pretty special God that you follow, a God that wants you to care about other people and not just care about me only, Paul reminds us that God created us to do good works as part of being his masterpieces in the world. Ephesians 2 says, We're God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Do you know what it means to be a masterpiece? A masterpiece means that you are something extra special. Something that the artist, the painter, the sculptor has poured all their talents, all their, their, their ability, all, all that they're best at into something. How many of you have seen a painting that you went, wow. Those are masterpieces. Now, God's saying that each one of you is a masterpiece. God's created each of you in his image. And being in his image means that we're, we're, we're becoming more and more like him. And God says, I'm generous. I'm kind. I'm compassionate. So I want you to be my masterpieces wherever you are, at school, in your family, in your neighborhoods, at your jobs, wherever God leads you. As his masterpieces, you're actually his ambassadors. You're, you're God's presence. Wherever God brings you during the week. God's chosen us to be a blessing. A blessing in this world. We've Discover that all the way back with Abram when God calls him to leave his country and his family behind to travel to a new country where God's going to begin his plan to, to save and renew the world through Abram's family. God tells Abram, I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you. I'll make your name great. You'll be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I'll curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. When our lives are filled with being a blessing, it shows the world who God is. And it gives us opportunities to talk about who Jesus is. And that's why Bethel is such a a cool church. What are some of the ways do you know here in Bethel that Bethel is being a blessing? Circle of friends, that's a great one. Any others? Friendship. Friendship. That's right. What are some other ways? See, this is part of me getting to know you as well. How about you as gems? Not all of you come come to Bethel Church. Many of you come from other churches, from other schools, from other places. So GEMS is a blessing to you and to others. Cadets, same thing. Youth group, I hear youth group has a lot of uh, the youth, their friends come to youth group as well. And you get to learn about Jesus. You get to learn about God, about being a blessing. You support the food bank. I'm sure there's other things that you support. The pregnancy center That's right. Giving somebody help by the door. Okay. Supporting missionaries, shoe boxes. Going to, to build a house. Going to Mexico to build a house. See how you are a blessing already, and then we're challenged to be a blessing even more, which is kind of cool and a little bit scary as well. But it all comes because Jesus is the great blessing that God promised through Abram. See while we were still sinners, Jesus came, just like you celebrated at, just like we celebrate at Christmas. He came to earth, he became one of us. He found out what losing a father is like when his father Joseph died after he was twelve and before he began his ministry. He found out what it was like for his family to think he was a little crazy sometimes. He found out what it was like when friends betray him or abandon him. He found out what it was like to be hungry and thirsty and tired. He found out what it was like to be persecuted, to be mocked. He found out what death is like. By taking all our sin to the cross. And he died on the cross so that, so that he could take our place. So that God would look at us. And he would see us through the eyes and through the heart and through the life and through the death of Jesus. And he would see us all washed clean. But Jesus also came so that this world can become new again. Talks about new life and a new earth, and a new heaven. And we're part of that renewal by being a blessing. And we do it because we are so thankful to God. We're so thankful to Jesus for all that he's done for us. We don't do it to earn good works. The Halberg Catechism says we do good works. We are a blessing because we are so thankful to God. We look to Jesus and we say, how can we say thank you? And Jesus says, love God with everything you got and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And when we're a blessing to others, it changes us inside. We become shaped more and more into who God created us to be. Being a blessing to others makes us more compassionate. It builds stronger, healthier healthier relationships it creates understandings because as we look for ways to be a blessing we actually see the lives of the people around us and when we come alongside them we understand the things that they struggle with the things that they celebrate with we understand who they are as people and it helps us understand Jesus's heart for the people of the world as well We begin to understand how much He loves us and why. And it helps us live grace filled lives, thanksgiving filled lives that shape our hearts and how we see the world around us, helping us to be more and more like Jesus. And being a blessing points people to God. Because the things that we do, people will always ask, why are you so generous? Why do you care so much? Why are you doing these things for other people when you can be doing your own stuff instead? And you're able to tell them because Jesus loves me so much that he gave up everything for me. And he loves you so much and he did the same thing for you. And then it gives you an opportunity to say, hey, you want to come with me? You want to come to know this Jesus that I follow? Come with me because we can learn together and we can be changed together and we can change the community around us together as we follow Jesus. Amen. Father, being a blessing is not just about doing, but it's also about us being changed and giving us opportunities to to invite others to come to know you as well. So, Lord, let's help us to learn from the gems and help us to build on the blessing that we already are. Help us to never be content with where we're at, but always, Lord, work in our hearts to, to make us want to be more and more like your son. Help us to be more and more your presence. Help us to be part of the transformation of more and more lives as they come to know you as we come to know you so lord thank you for these gems for for their theme and for who they are and lord may we journey together looking for ways to bless others as you've blessed us we pray this in jesus name amen the song of response is i will follow